Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey everyone, welcome to Sheer Clarity. Jay Kevin McHugh here with another episode. We're going to have an interesting time today because I have a topic. I think it's the first time since we started the podcast that I want to do like a very specific model with really detailed instructions about how to do something. And the reason that I have some... Uh, what's the word, tentativeness about it, is that it's a model which is used in communication when nothing else is working. Like this is when the relationship and the communication is way, way bad. It's in the breakdown lane. And whenever you try to do a model to tell people how to get out of that, you know you're already playing with fire. So I'm going to put it out there with a warning that if you try this, it may not go well. But at least you tried. That's the good news about it. This is something I use with executive teams. I teach it. We call it the issues clearing model. I'll explain it in detail through this episode. And then I'm going to put the four-page PDF up on the website, which you will be able to download with all these instructions and sit and do this. In fact, while I'm giving you the podcast intro, this comes to mind for me as listeners. This wouldn't be a bad podcast for you to assemble your team put them in a room, put them in a circle, open chairs, and just fire this up, put it on your little portable speaker system, and listen together. Print the PDF, have it in everybody's hands, tell everybody to read it before they get there, and then you can all encounter this model together and then have a conversation about it. I think that would be a very effective way. Even if you don't do it or even try it, it will really bring clear to you what's going on when two people are no longer able to talk to each other. I do not have that problem with my producer. His name is Matthew Passy. Hey, Matthew. How are you today? I'm good, Kevin. How are you doing? I can't complain. We're in Podcastville. This is awesome. <laughs> we got through a lot of a very deep topic the last couple of weeks talking about feedback, in particular last week, negative feedback. And I guess we're at the point now where if you can't provide negative feedback, whether it's up the chain or down the chain, there's a problem and we've got to clear out the cobwebs and fix things up. Is that right? That's the idea. That's the idea. So I'll get right to it. Okay. Here's the condition. When two people are trying to have any kind of relationship, we got to work through stuff. We got to work through our differences. And frequently when there's a lot at stake for us personally in the situation, our emotions get aroused and a lot of psychological nana starts going to work in the background. Most people don't even know what's happening, but typically the characterization of the deal is, I want you to picture party A and party B. I'm A and you're B, and there's a big pipe that is connecting us. That is our communication channel. If something big blocks that pipe, the communication is over. It's not happening. It's possible that it's one big issue. It is so big that it's blocked everything. It's also possible that smaller issues 
that have not been cleared. They go into the pipes. So instead of one big boulder blocking the whole thing, picture a quarter-sized boulder, issue number one, and it's in there. And it created umbrage between us, and we never worked it out. So it's still in the pipe. We just didn't deal with it. And then in comes another one, same size. Now the pipe is 50% clogged. We didn't deal with it then either. By not dealing with it, what I mean is we push it down. We refuse to talk about it. We avoid it. But the emotions that go with it, they're not going away. That's called the seeds of resentments. And we get those building, right? Then comes the third one. Just another example. Boom, now I got 75% blocked. And number four, boom, we're blocked again. Now we're stuck. Okay. What will happen for people in disconnection, we've disagreed about something. One of us has done something to bother the other one, and we've been trying to work this stuff out. And every time we try to have the conversation, the emotional heat index starts to go up. It rises because you're not hearing me. I'm not hearing you. I'm making my point. You're making your point. One of us or both of us has got our emotions starting to fire up. Then you can feel the heat in the room. And the next thing you know, bam, we're disconnected. It happens as a part of human dynamics, especially when the stakes are big. So any serious relationship is going to have to figure out how to do this. And there are serious relationships at work. And you sure as heck have serious relationships at home whether it's marriage, partnership of one kind or another, if you're struggling to stay connected with someone because you care and you love them and you just have, they're important to you, it's a pretty good chance you're going to get blocked. So now, every time you try to have a conversation to unblock it, if it falls apart, that's when you need something else. And that's where I'm positioning the issues clearing model. In other words, you are not going to use this model until you've exhausted every other option. Because the model is very, very rigid and very formulaic and it feels awkward to implement it well, but it only comes out when you're stuck, period. You with me so far? How am I doing? I think I'm with you. Okay, good. So here's what the model does. We First of all, both have to agree that our regular approach to trying to walk, talk through something together is not working. We end up triggering each other. We end up talking over each other. We end up doing what we do. We both have learned what the issue clearing model is, and we both recognize that we want to try it. That's part one. So we both have to agree. That's why I think the PDF will be interesting if a bunch of people from a management team are sitting in the room listening to the podcast, they have this four-page document in front of them. And I have this written so that you could self-teach it as a team. I prefer that you do it together as a team because just being together, working your way through this is a team-building exercise in its own right. But here's what the model says, basically this. Because we cannot in a informal way, in a more casual way, in a less unstructured way, do the five important elements of a conversation, we have to get very rigid and specific. So here are the five components of any interaction between the two people. One, something has happened. And that means one of us has a set of data 
call it facts. I call it perceptions of the facts. And then the other person has their set of perceptions of the data and the facts. It could be as simple as you said, right? It starts right there. You said you'd be there at five o'clock. That's a fact. Well, you know what? I have a different fact. I told you I can't possibly be there at five o'clock. Oh, good. So now how long do you want to argue about the facts? You heard those arguments. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. That one's going nowhere. So now we have two entirely different versions of one set of data. Now we're stuck. We haven't even gotten out of the box. So there's perception. The second thing that's going on is each of us is holding a set of judgments about what happened or did not happen. I had the thing that happened. Now I have what I think about it. This is my opinion. And therefore, you weren't listening, you didn't care. Whatever it is, I have a set of judgments. The third element is I have a lot of emotion around this. There's a feeling, there's a set of emotions. This is back to our emotional intelligence pyramid and the self-awareness, like how in touch are you with your emotional content? So now I have the data, this thing that actually happened or didn't happen, some kind of reality check, facts, which we don't agree on. Then we both have opinions and judgments about what happened or didn't happen. We don't agree on that. And we both have a bunch of emotions running through us. We're both PO'd. We're both disappointed. We're both resentful. You know, who knows where that's going to go, but we got them. And then, each of us has our own little version of the story. Like, if I were honest, okay, I'll admit the part I played is this. Oh, yeah, well, here's the part I played. Now, a lot of people can't even get that part done. So now I'm at the fourth part. And then here's the fun part. At the very end, each of us wants something. What do you want? So there's the model very, very quickly, five elements We have the facts of a situation, the perceptions that go with it, the judgments, the thoughts and reactions about it, the feelings, all the emotional energies, and we have our individual roles and what we believe that we did to contribute. And we have, here's my desire. Here's what I want to happen. Those five things are at work in every conversation, no matter what you're doing. It's just that at this point, this particular conversation, this disagreement, We are so disconnected that we're in a ditch and we can't get out. And we've been trying. And every time we try, we break down again. Something happens because it's so emotionally intense. Okay, here's our last ditch effort. Why don't we sit down and try a model which has a set of disciplines that looks like this? You and I are going to agree to certain rules of engagement. And those rules look like this. I am going to break down what's going on for me into the five categories. I actually have a worksheet in the PDF. It starts with my facts. The story of the data I'm telling myself, my perception of what happened is as follows. And there's a line or two for you to write in there. And then here's what I'm thinking. This is my judgments, all the things that my opinions about it. 
And then the next one is a line of my feelings and emotions. And in the PDF, the fourth page is actually a vocabulary list of feelings. <laughs> because there are many, many people who just don't have enough vocabulary to communicate what they're feeling. I forget the names of the authors that I got this, but they actually have done a huge bit of work on what emotions are and the scale of intensity. There's happy, there's sad, there's angry, there's afraid. I probably missed one in there. But each of those can be broken down into subsets. Now we're happy, caring, depressed, inadequate, fearful, confused, hurt, angry, lonely, filled with shame. And then if you extract those and do a bunch more synonyms, just to say the word confused, I'm uncertain, I'm unsure, I'm troubled, I'm bothered, I'm uncomfortable, I'm undecided. If you're hurt, I might feel put down, rejected, neglected, overlooked, minimized, right? If I'm angry, I'm uptight, I'm disgusted, I'm bugged, I'm pissed off, I'm turned. So you can start to feel the visceral sort of nature of this. So people just need to know how to communicate what the feelings are. And most people confuse judgments and feelings all the time. When someone starts a sentence with, I feel that, you're actually not going to get an emotion. You're actually going to get a judgment. I feel that you don't care. Is that an emotion? No. It's a judgment. I have come to the conclusion you don't care. So a lot of times when I'm coaching people and I want the groups who are listening to this doing it as an exercise, you must make a distinction clearly between a judgment and a feeling. A feeling is simply nothing more than a description of your actual state of what you're feeling using a true emotional words. I feel angry. End of sentence. I am disappointed. I am frustrated. I am really freaking pissed off. However you want to do it, you must keep those emotions boxed up separately so that you can distinguish between the emotion and the judgment. So whenever you hear somebody start sentences with, I feel, I feel that, I feel like, you know they're not giving you an emotional description. They're giving you another judgment. So avoid using the term I feel. So now I'm down to the top three, the facts, the feelings, the judgments. Here's my part in this. I'll at least take ownership of this part. This is kind of your first chance to offer the olive branch in here. We got to share responsibility. So here's my part. And then finally, this is the critical part. And here's what I really want. Here's the rule. You have to put that down so specifically that it's just so easy for this other person to listen to. And you've been so clear. It's forcing you to take all of your emotional content and to box it up into five little chunks so that you can get the communication done. It's complete and it's full. It's forcing you because up to now, you haven't been able to do this without losing your mind. You've lost control. You get off, you start talking over each other. You start disagreeing about the facts. You can't even get to first base. The whole thing is breaking down. Nothing is working. This is your last opportunity to try this. Okay, rigid, structured. Here's my five parts. Now, here's where it gets fun. The person on the opposite end has one fundamental rule they must agree to follow. They're going to repeat everything you said verbatim. No disagreements, no commentary. You are now in a rigid, constricted, your hands are tied. All you're allowed to do is repeat what's been said. 
period. What happens is you begin to go down the list. Here's what happened in my view and what I think the facts are. That's party A and party B says what you believe the facts are and they state them verbatim. Don't even paraphrase because it was once you get to paraphrasing, you'll start getting into dicey territory. Okay, so I got that. So once you said that, did I hear you correctly? Yes. Okay, next. What this makes me think is, okay, I'm listening, and that makes you think, and out comes verbatim, and now here's how I feel. I'm angry, frustrated. You're feeling angry, frustrated, etc. Got it? Got it? The part that I'm playing is, maybe I didn't pay close enough attention, blah, blah, blah. And the part you think that you'll play in this is you didn't pay attention, blah, 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 blah. And what you want is, or what I want, and you go ahead and list it. And then the party B says, okay, and what you want is. And at the end of that, at the end of that, here's the fun part. Party B says, did I get it all? Yes. Is there more? If there is more, guess what you'll do? Get a new sheet of paper and go to the next issue and do the same thing. And do it as much as you have to do it until party A is asked by party B, is there more? And party A says, no. Party B says, are all of your issues cleared? Yes. That's the process just from one side. What happens next? We flip the model. And now we trade places. And party B becomes party A. And here's the net. This is why it's called an issues clearing model. This is not a model for resolution. Dear listeners, please hear this. It's called issues clearing. It is meant to take the issue which we have not been able to fully discuss and vet because we break down in the heat of the emotion. All we've done is put a rigid discipline around it so both of us can be heard by the other because we just haven't been able to do it without the model. So now we got this model and we're getting heard. It is not a resolution model. We may not agree. That's fine. What we know and what I know from like practical, tactical, everyday experience is that resolution usually shows up almost 80% of the time. We weren't seeking it. It just showed up because what we did was we defanged the tiger of emotion and got people to get their said, pardon my French, and to get it out. And this process of clearing has a fairly therapeutic and healthy effect. It is very awkward, very constrained, very difficult. And the first time groups are going to do this, 
the reason I want a team to do it together, if two people in the team decide to try this issue, they're going to go off the script. They're going to mess it up. And you need your teammates hanging around you, sort of holding up the mirror as they watch you to make sure, like if somebody starts paraphrasing, somebody can raise their hand and say, hey, you're paraphrasing, you're not saying what they said. If somebody's talking over. So as you all learn the model together in your team, and you begin to practice, then you can continue to edit each other and to kind of fine tune your understanding of this. That's it in a nutshell. It is a rigid process. I've seen it happen and it works. It's usually your last resort. It's when emotions run high. And sometimes what happens if people use it long enough, and I do it myself, I will actually speak this way and no one knows I'm doing a model because it becomes casual. It sounds informal, but I'm actually, I got the model in the back of my head. It could be something here in my own home, in my own relationship, or say, you know, hey, I had the impression we were going to do this, and, you know, we didn't. I ended up thinking that you weren't really listening. You didn't care, and kind of bummed out, disappointed, and I know I was quick and impatient, but what I want is, I guess I want you to pay attention to me. (laughs) that's it one thing i'm hearing in all of this and i think it's an important piece that has to be very clearly laid out for anybody who's going to be engaging in this is that it sounds like you really have to kind of lay out the rules up front when you're doing this yes sir you know like that idea that the person has to repeat back verbatim what was being said to them If you don't tell people ahead of time that that's part of the exercise, then they probably won't pay attention as much as we need them to. No, it won't work. I want to tell our listeners here, if you want to give this a shot, it's a pretty powerful thing to have in your arsenal, communication tools. But the PDF is very, very specific. Like the the part that, that Matthew just made, that whole point he just made is laid out on page two. It says, here are the rules of engagement. You have to follow the rules. And if a team wants to learn this together while you're in the room, and I've done this before, I got two parties and their chairs are fronting each other almost knee to knee, and they're trying to get through some issue together. And then what I've actually done is I've taken two other people from the group and have them pull up a chair right next, and they become a coach. Because they don't have the emotional content that the other two do. And so they'll actually guide, you know, when somebody's getting off script or somebody's not following the model, that little coach can whisper in your ear and say, no, no, just stay it this way. The biggest struggle I have is people will start using the phrase, I feel like, and I have to correct them. I go, no, don't use the word. Use, I think that, that's a judgment. And then I feel like, and then go look at this list of emotions and tell me what you're feeling, just the emotion. But your point is extremely well taken. I want the listeners to get that. If you go off script, if you wing it, danger. We will make sure that there is a link to this material, to this script, to these instructions, so that you can, in fact, get through this issues clearing session with your team, with everybody effectively, and come out on the other side for the better. In the meantime, that was a lot to get through. That's probably a lot of work and a lot of exercise and a lot of thinking about. And 
you know, maybe even listen back again and make sure that you're doing this correctly. And be like, Am I really expecting people to do that? Because that's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but you will be the better for it. Agreed? Totally agreed. Everybody I shared it with struggles at first, and in the end, they end up having it in their back pocket. What's fascinating in the corporate settings where I've done this, the term, did you clear that, becomes part of their lexicon. Like when so-and-so is bitching about so-and-so did blah, 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 right? And I'm talking about mature adults in the C-suite, you know. And I don't know, did you clear it? Did you clear it with them? Did you clear that issue? It sounds like you should clear the issue. (laughs) (laughs) And they send each other back and forth into the bottle because they got to work through your stuff. And oh, by the way, and I'll leave this and then I got to really shut up. I think it's a legitimate expectation on your job description. I mean, if I'm hiring executives and I'm paying them six-figure incomes, quarter million dollars or more, I'm like, I'm looking square at them and going, you better have emotional intelligence and you better have a pretty damn good skill set on this communication. You better know how to clear issues because I don't want to spend any of my time as CEO playing, you know, marriage counselor. I'm going to lay out the rules of what I expect for you. And I expect really high IQ people who are super intellectual and super intelligent, super ambitious, to also have the personal integrity and the skill sets to work their shit out with each other. And you're going to bump into each other. You're going to bang heads. Everybody's fighting all the time about silos and you know communications and everything else. And we will, from time to time, disappoint each other. But at that level, you better have the skill sets to work stuff out. I expect high-intensity people to work like a team care about each other. And every once in a while, somebody's going to set somebody else's hair on fire. I'm going to steal your shovel because I showed up in your sandbox and I start playing around with your castle. Sorry. Call me out on it. I got it. You're right. I did. Otherwise, I don't want you on my team. I'll spend money to train you if you need it, but I don't have time for this in the (laughs) C-suite. All right. I got to shut up. Close us up here, Matthew. Bring it home, buddy. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this important and difficult episode of Sheer Clarity. Hopefully, you can take these lessons, take these exercises, employ them in your own workspace, and really get things back on track to where they need to be. If you have more questions about this, if you have more concerns, of course, we take feedback. We want to hear from you. Kevin at SheerClarity.com. Again, Kevin at SheerClarity.com. You can get some clarification on some of this stuff, or maybe you really just want to work with Kevin directly in employing this issues clearing session within your own space. It might be the best thing to do if that's how you want to go about it. Otherwise, check out SheerClarity.com. There you'll find show notes, ways to subscribe, links to all sorts of great information, including this issues clearing model that Kevin has been talking about. And make sure that you stick around and join us for next week. We're going to talk about vulnerability. And this might sound a little strange right now. It'll all make sense if you join us next week. Loincloths and drum circles. Yes, I'm going to leave you with that thought. So <laughs> That's close. <laughs> End it there. <laughs> that's right. So as always, check out SheerClarity.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. He's Jay Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, And we will see you next time. <laughs>